Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Many Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show we're talking about cheeky cats from lynxes that refuse to be the missing lynx to extinct cats who ask if that's a tooth in your pocket or if you're just happy to see me. Discover this more as we answer the age-old question. You can pick your friends. You can pick your cat's nose, but can your cat pick their friends out of a police lineup? Yeah. Joining me today is comedian, cat lover, and the Jeff part of Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Jeff May. Welcome! Ah, uh, hey, well, it's me. It's Jeff May. It's uh, it's Watch Batman. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to be here. I uh, I also studied uh, evolutionary biology when I was in college. Really? That's awesome. I I did. I was a bio minor, even though I was a a history and education major, and my advisor got mad at me <laughs> for wasting my money. We have very similar backstories then, because I. Uh, I did psychology as my major and evolutionary biology. I got to study tardigrades and I got to study the human brain at the same time. <laughs> it's more like, what, what are you going to do with those two things? <laughs> <laughs> my whole college plan was just like, I, I like people and animals and I want to learn everything about them. 
And, you know, surprisingly, that's maybe not the best career choice just to be genuinely curious about the world. But they didn't know about podcasts back then either. So here we are. It it was <laughs> it was not on our radar. Boy, did we accidentally tumble into an existence that somehow became mildly lucrative. Yes. <laughs> yeah, science education. It's the way to uh to just keep learning yourself it's that's my dirty little secret is that this podcast is a secretly a way for me to continue learning about things and one thing that i love learning about i i love kitties i gotta admit it i do have a dog but i grew up with cats and i just i just love cats i love every single cat on the planet their attitude their whole deal i'm all about it i love them they're a very bold existence. They they see because they have that like too good for it vibe, but then yes. they're also very needy at the same time. And that to <laughs> me, like you get to see the microcosm of life in that with a cat. Like yeah. a cat's just like, I can do this on my own. And then like, but also you need to open that can for me or I'm gonna <laughs> die. And I love that. I love that about them. They're strong but vulnerable. And I, I yeah, I, I love that about them. Today we're gonna talk about just that juxtaposition of the strength and the vulnerability of cats. And the, the, the one I want to start with is this wonderful story of the Iberian lynx. So I don't know. Do I mean, I guess in L.A. you probably do see some bobcats, right? Occasionally. I know. Like, according to next door, there's a mountain lion. <laughs> Mostly coyotes, but there's uh, there's a, like mountain lions are like our big uh, yes. our, our main export. The export is that it? We're just shipping them In off to Seattle. <laughs> you guys want a mountain lion? You're exporting mountain lions. Yeah, no, I mean the San Gabriel Mountains uh, near near uh, L.A. Yeah. does have mountain lions, and there's I forgot his name. Like it might be P twenty four. He's that mountain lion oh, who's. He He's our neighborhood mountain lion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I live, in, I live in the shallow valley, yeah. And everybody's like, "I found him." He's like a celebrity <laughs> out here. It, it's like, it it would be like seeing like, oh, I I I saw you know, oh Rebecca De Mornay. I saw yeah. her at the Vons. Everyone's just like, oh, it's a it's a. I saw P twenty four. He was uh, walking behind the Vons. Yeah. Well, when I lived in L A., I did see Patton Oswald. Um, I. <laughs> It's a hard call, though, between seeing P24 and seeing Patton Oswalt. Like, I love them both, but, you know, God, I wish I could yeah, have seen P24. The lion doesn't have a Grammy? That's, I mean, rude, first of all, to make this a competition, a Grammy competition. But, yeah, I mean, the lion does deserve a Grammy. A little background yeah. on, on this uh, mountain lion he is this scrappy individual who is basically because uh, humans have split up the uh, natural habitat with freeways. Uh, this this guy has kind of like he's in this like little island surrounded by freeways. And he is a an amazing intrepid survival story in terms of just like how he's managed to keep keep going when he's sort of like isolated in this way. Yeah, he's it's the mountain lion version of that book, Hatchet. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, any one of those like the call of the wild. He should be it should be the uh, the call of the civilized or, or right. Exactly. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a good dude. And uh, and he, he does venture up to the Burbank, North Hollywood area quite often because um, that is sort of where he is trapped. Yes. 
I do like that he is respected, like a respected member of the community, because it's it's worse when like you have a, a wild cat who is abutting civilization. and You're like, oh, man, this 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 cat is scary and I don't want it near me. And it's like, well, yeah, but yeah. you know what? Maybe he's he's a little gentleman that you should welcome. Maybe not with right. open oh, you know, arms because he'll he's bite you. But, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, you give him a wide berth. He's Angeline. That's who yeah. he's the he's like that like that LA celebrity whose existence is just because they exist they are yes. that celebrity and I love that for him. Yeah. Uh I, I like and I like a cat. I like a good cat, yeah. you know? And uh and we have good access cuz California, you know, cuz you're like California, you guys got this kind of we we have all the animals. All every animal. It's I I mean for being such a like California is thought of, you know, you think of like LA and these very dense urban environments but uh, there are. It is an incredibly biodiverse state. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, a Ralphs and a Vons. <laughs> Which one does do the uh, mountain lions prefer? Uh, yeah, I think I think I mentioned the Vons, so I'm going to have to maintain <laughs> uh, comedic consistency in that one. But yeah, no. I mean, California is huge. I was I I, I performed in Eureka not too long ago, and it was it was just. You you forget that the state is so big that it has literally everything. Yeah. Um. And I'll have family back on the East Coast. They're like, "Do you make it up to San Francisco a lot?" I'm like, <laughs> "Do you drive down to Baltimore all the time?" They're like, "No, that's way far away." I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly the distance. It's huge." Yeah. It's it it because it's like one state. We think of it as being small, but having it's such a huge territory. Of course you're going to have this like massive range which makes it difficult both for humans and animals to traverse all of those freeways yeah one, one of my favorite places to go i'm really excited about uh what you're bringing here because one of my favorite places in la to go is the la brea tar pits mm-hmm. um which is weird because it seems like a one and done kind of a trip but i go there all the time i like the smell which is weird it's a objectively bad yeah. smell but i like it it's like gasoline. There's yeah. something very tempting about that smell. <laughs> it makes me want to just uh, and like you just want to touch in there. the tar. You like, want to touch yeah, it. Yeah, let me just see. Just let me walk yeah, over let me there. See if I. Can, <laughs> oh no. Let me see if how I, yeah. How would I do with the tar pits? Oh, not so good. Not so good. Uh oh. The new TikTok in. challenge is going to be like the little red tar pits. Can you get out? Yeah. I don't the recommend LBTP it. LBTP challenge. <laughs> well, that's a very yes. That's a very prescient thing to talk about because we are going to talk about. Um, uh, some big cats that have gone extinct that uh, were around the uh, La Brea area. Uh, but first, let's talk about a cat that is actually a different, very different uh, region in southwestern Europe. Um, it is similar to cats you'll find in California and in the rest of the United States, the bobcat. Now, you're probably familiar with the bobcat. Those are those cute cats. They're wild cats, but they're not huge. They're uh, bigger than a house cat. They're about the size of like a, of a dog. They have that adorable little stubby tail. They're kind of spotty. Those pointy ears with the little ear tufts and those yeah. mutton chops. Yeah, they look like Wolverine. <laughs> yes. Not the animal, but the guy. Yeah. The fake, the, the fictional character Wolverine. Yeah, yeah he's like, he's kind of compact, but he's strong. Yeah, he's strong but mighty. So, you know, the Iberian lynx is similar in appearance to the bobcat, but different. So 
Uh, it's found in southwestern Europe. It is related to the Eurasian lynx, the Canada lynx, and the bobcat. So these are the species of lynxes in the world. And it's thought that the Iberian lynx shared a common ancestor with the Eurasian lynx and that the Eurasian lynx actually used the Bering Land Bridge to cross over into North America and basically became both the bobcats and the Canada lynxes. So, yes, you, you raised your hand. I have hand. a question. Yeah, they I can't did. see I your hand. Question. There needs to be like a sound for your hand raising in a podcast like whoop. Oh, well, I did it specifically because it makes no sound, but I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> well, I've, like, I've solved it, that it, problem for you. Which we have we have exacerbated the problem. <laughs> um, how far, like when we say common ancestor, I mean, isn't it like, how far back do you have to go? Because wouldn't they all technically have a common ancestor? It's a cat. Because it would have to be, there has to be some sort of evolutionary spot where you're like, well, this is where you start measuring where ancestry is common because then we're always just like, yeah, aren't we all that fish that walked out of the water? <laughs> it's actually, yes. I mean, like both the fish that we started out as and a primate that we started out as, those would both be common ancestors. It just, it's basically every time you step back, you will find another common ancestor. So you zoom in enough, the smaller the time scale usually like you'll have a, a smaller group of species all sharing a common ancestor. So like the lynxes all share a common ancestor that other big cats do not share. They might share a common ancestor with Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, see how that works? That's what I tell myself when I want a little bit of an ego boost. Like, hey, you know what? Me and Wolverine, we share a common ancestor. So yeah. you know what? Yeah. you know, Me and LeBron James are like evolutionarily basically yeah, the same person essentially the same so like when i put like yeah. forks between my fingers it's not you know it's not a pathetic cosplay it's actually no. you know me sharing a common ancestry with uh yeah with wolverine it's, it's correct is what it's it correct. is yeah well speaking of wolverine the mutton chops we have to talk about them because the iberian lynx even though it's similar to the bobcat it is the differences are very clear when you look at it 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 is a stunning looking animals. So bobcats are really cute. They're kind of, they've got these round fluffy faces with these cool sideburns, but Iberian lynxes are much more sharp looking. Uh, they're more European. They're angular, yeah. <laughs> they, um, yeah, right. yeah, they, they have sort of this, they, their mutton chops are longer and more pointed. They look like, uh, yeah, they just look a little more debonair. I don't know how else to describe it. They are sleeker. Even though they have those same pointed ears and sort of spotted coats, they're leaner, they're taller, uh, and they're longer than the bobcats. So they're kind of like the bobcat's cool European cousin. Yeah. which It's is like if you put a bobcat in a pencil sharpener. <laughs> which we don't recommend on this podcast but yeah no, we don't try because the the standard north american bobcat that we think of like it's a very pettable looking cat yes. whereas this one looks like a knife <laughs> and nice like cat. a very cool yeah like a yeah. very like it, it wouldn't surprise me to see this cat having bottle service at a club yes you know, it kind of reminds me, it's like the difference between like Mufasa and Scar. I always thought Scar was very cool looking. I, I didn't approve of, you know, the whole like brother murdering thing. But, you know, he was a cool looking cat. Oh, sorry about your high horse, Kate. <laughs> Some of us are fine with fratricide, okay? <laughs> 
Uh, actually, I think including bobcats. So uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly, I believe sometimes the offspring do fight each other to the death. But anyways, the Iberian lynx, uh, it is, a, I think, a stunningly beautiful cat. Um, but it almost went extinct starting in the 20th century with the usual suspects overhunting habitat loss. But even more deviously, uh, its main prey rabbits had their population decimated by disease. And you might be thinking like, oh, finally, something that is not humans' faults. Well, I'm sorry to say, uh, <laughs> still our fault. So what happened is um, with rabbits, there is a disease, a, a virus called myxomatosis, and it was actually released by humans to cull the rabbit populations in the 1950s in both France and in Australia. Now, in Australia, they have a little bit of a better excuse. Rabbits are invasive. But in France, rabbits are an, a natural part of the environment. Uh, it's just that they were considered pests. And so they let this disease run rampant, decimate the population, uh, which was a problem for like a few reasons. One is you probably shouldn't just release a virus uh, into the wild and let it run its course. <laughs> Uh, like what movie are you making here <laughs> where they're just like, you know, what we should do is we should make a virus that will absolutely mutate and wipe us out. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like you that's know. like I think that's how Resident Evil happened. Yeah. Where we tried to. I mean, yeah, we, we introduced a virus, I think, to primates in that movie. But yes. So uh, it could become a zoonotic disease and kill us all. Um, but, you know the most likely thing to happen is it just decimates this rabbit population, which in of in itself is bad. First of all, rabbits are an important part of the ecosystem. They're cute and adorable. Uh, and they are have a massive impact on the other species of animals that live with them, namely uh, their predators like the Iberian lynx. We think of things like a, a predator and prey as being at odds with each other because they are, you know, uh, trying to kill each other or, or only to only one person believes that <laughs> only one only one half of that uh, of that interaction believes the the at odds aspect. The other one thinks it's great. I think it's is great. Well, yeah. So it, we think that they have this adversarial relationship, which is true, but they also rely on each other. So like if you uh, if you don't have the rabbit population, obviously the Iberian lynx's population is going to suffer tremendously. But on the other hand, predator species are also important for prey species because they do actually help keep their populations at a sort of a maintenance level uh, naturally without just introducing a huge disease. And actually by having predator interactions with prey, as long as everything's in balance, it can keep that prey from succumbing to something like disease. Um, so in this case, the fact that humans decided to, you know, just like <laughs> introduce a disease to these rabbits meant that we decimated the Iberian lynx population. And so the Iberian lynx uh, dwindled to under 100 individuals. Uh, so they were very close to extinction. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a that's a what some would say if you're ever talking about a population and that's the number you're going for. That's like an old mining town population <laughs> 10 years after the gold like went out, which I can't actually imagine like an old mining town population of bobcats like, you know, wearing 
Yeah. With hats. Yeah. Little, yeah. The little. The, ooh, hello there. <laughs> we we use on a... California bobcats. Yeah. <laughs> Bobcat like with the one, weight. the one tooth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> Bob's great. That's that's where we got that from, folks. True story. So, uh, <laughs> but this is not where the story ends. So they did not go extinct like uh, some other cats we're going to talk about later. The Iberian lynxes are not quitters. Uh, they are making a comeback. Now, with the help of conservationists, of course, but they are also incredibly intrepid, uh, wonderful creatures. So there have been conservation efforts breeding the lynx in captivity, but ultimately it is the Iberian lynx's refusal to die that has paid off and meant that this uh, reintroduction has been a success. So after the captively bred lynxes were released, they have shown incredible resilience living amongst humans and uh, rehabituating to their habitats. So <laughs> an example of how these lynxes are... Um, able to like survive in in their limited habitat and like uh really manage to kind of sneak their way around humans is there have been these recorded examples one was a lynx hid her newborn cubs in a house while the owners were throwing a house party i mean that's pretty amazing yeah i mean it's that's like that's so what that's like you just crashed a house party yeah and had your baby put your little babies in there yeah they're like playing beer pong over there they don't even notice you are giving birth I think to it's... a bunch of endangered lynxes probably wine pong oh that's right it is europe yeah it's probably uh, a bunch of wine pong and then whenever you score they go ho 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 instead of ha 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 <laughs> They, they all do the French. They yeah. twirl their mustaches. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Très bien, monsieur. Le pont au vin. Does anyone smell some uh, Iberian lynx uh, afterbirth? Yeah. It's like, no, that is it's my not... stinky cheese. <laughs> that, that is my very stinky cheese. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> They're all cartoons. They are all cartoons. I'm sorry, France. We got to feed it air wascally wabbits. <laughs> I'm sorry, all of France. You all literally sound like that. I will not apologize to France, and they know what they did. They know what they did. And uh, I mean, I'm, uh, they're probably honestly more offended by the idea that their cheese smells like uh, lynx afterbirth. I, that is what I'm like, going to get yeah. the hate mail about, not the offensive accent. Uh, so, another lynx named Milvis, which I mean, great name. First of all, good job, conservationists. Uh, but Milvis uh, repeatedly robbed a rabbit research facility. He jumped over the chain link fence and started just snatching these rabbits uh, and just like used this research facility as his own personal rabbit grocery store. I mean, that's that's a good move. It's good work if you can get it, to be 100% <laughs> honest. There's there's a, his price. That is the. That's the dominoes of of sort of that experience where he said it's going to have to work. It's just basically getting delivered for him. Yeah. Yeah. No, make the humans work for them, which I think is fair. You know, we like we have a mea culpa, right? We have an our bad with the whole disease, all the rabbits and see if that works out. OK. And now the lynx is like, you know what? Hey, look, you, I'm just going to take some of your rabbits you have in your research facility. What are you going to do about it? You know? Yeah, they all have makeup on. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think this may have been a less, 
Well, actually, I don't know if it was one of the cos. I, I don't think it was a cosmetic research facility, but if it was, even doubler props to these lynxes. Yeah, right. Like you're, yeah, like you're really sticking it to L'Oreal. That's French, right? <laughs> L'Oreal. This, this is the perfect solution. Let's get rid of, uh, of you know, cosmetic testing on rabbits because we don't need it. Uh, but those lynxes do need those bunnies, uh, and so you know. Turn them into Lynx grocery stores for the, for you know, win-win. It's it's literally a win-win situation. I mean, even right. for no, the rabbits. There are no losers in that. Even for the rabbits, because I can guarantee becoming a Lynx's dinner is probably a better fate than being in a cosmetic research lab. Actually, probably, definitely. Uh, yeah, so, there's a 0% <laughs> chance that that's not the case. Yeah. So conservationists have also tried to make freeways safer for the Lynxes by installing underpasses which are tunnels for the lynxes to walk through and the lynxes immediately picked up on what these conservationists were laying down and learned to use them good lynx yeah good job lynx secret lynx tunnels they love it and they i i i, I love i love that aspect of it where they're like yeah well they're like working with it like you yeah. see a lynx with a hard hat on being like yeah we're gonna need it a little bit wider here yeah yeah sometimes my party babies need to come through here with me <laughs> and they do a wide walk yeah, it's got one of those those levels, you know, with the little bubbles and then just like sort of shakily holding it up with his paws like, mm, I don't know if this is structurally sound. Have you checked? Yeah, yeah. Are we going to do this? What's our what is what's our sediment here? What's our sediment level here? Is it going to settle properly? All right, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, there are so like there are a lot of animals that we uh, try to sort of have, have conservation with who are very fussy um, through no fault of their own. They just like have very specific evolutionary niche. They are very difficult to reintroduce to the wild, but these Iberian lynxes are on it. They are so they are so ready. They look crafty. Yeah, they're like, put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, they're they're ready to go. It's a utility cat. Yes, yeah, yeah, and in fact, so they have gone from less than a hundred individuals, like under ninety individuals, to over a thousand in the wild. Uh, and There's a lot of parties to crash. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I, I have a lot of hope for them. I, I am really hopeful about this story, and I, I'm, I'm just so happy that these guys are out there robbing labs. It's wonderful. Good job, Sharp Kitty. Yeah, they, they really are like Wolverine when he starred in that movie about stealing the bread. Oh, yeah, bread stealing Wolverine. Yeah. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world.
This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. All right, so we just talked about the Iberian lynx that is clawing its way back from near extinction. And now we're going to talk about some big bad cats that were not so lucky. Um, so, you know, we we're talking about the La Brea tar pits. And one of the things that I think is sometimes surprising to people is like that, you know, you had these incredible huge animals like mammoths, you know, just hanging out in L.A. Yeah. They're like really big guys. <laughs> I love them so much. Also in L.A., you would get things like saber-toothed tigers. I'm so excited about this. <laughs> so we have this particular perception of saber-toothed tigers uh, as being, you know, like these huge lion-like animals that have these two huge saber teeth. But, you know... The more we learn about them, the more interesting the picture gets because we have these fossil records of these these big cats that look like saber-toothed tigers. And then uh, as we examine them, and there, there are many different species of animals that could be considered saber-toothed tigers, um, we get a clearer picture of what they were, what the different species were, and what was going on. And some of them, it turns out, aren't even cats. Um, so, <laughs> right. It's, so it's really fascinating. What? Yes. So uh, first, uh, not all saber-toothed tigers just let their fangs hang out. So uh, let's talk about... Only the cool ones. <laughs> Letting it all hang out, yeah. The cool, the cool bad boy of the saber-toothed tiger kingdom. Yeah, actually, yeah. you know, the Homotherium is a genus of lion-sized saber-toothed tigers that went extinct about 12,000 years ago. And they were found all over the world, from the Americas to Africa. And they did indeed... They, they were imperialists, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's what that means. Let's call them cosmopolitan. <laughs> that, 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 that is fair. That, that yeah. works. Also, I would like to add, before we continue, that for the people that are listening that are wondering why we're not making Wolverine saber-tooth jokes, I want you to know that we recognize that saber-tooth is Wolverine's archenemy. We're just going to keep moving forward <laughs> 
Yes, we both recognized that. We both knew that for sure. You, yeah, well, that's all we talked about before that's recording. Exactly. I was the the lore of Marvel Comics Wolverine. I I will state I know the lore of Marvel Comics deeply, and I'm not just saying this so I won't get emails. It's absolutely true, and I don't need to learn anything else about it. So that let's yeah. move on. So let's prevent that from the from the inbox there. Yeah. Let's pull that out. <laughs> so. Yeah, so the Homotherium saber-toothed tigers was a specific species of saber-toothed tigers, and they had those giant fangs. And originally we thought that these fangs just kind of like stuck out. Um, but uh, new research, uh, they may have actually politely tucked in their fangs into lower lip pouches. So uh, researchers observed the ways that lions yawned and that their fangs would fit into their lower lips. Uh, and they made calculations based on the homotheriums. This specific species, actually, there are multiple species of homotherium, but this uh, specific species, homotherium latidens, they had this like mouth structure that researchers were able to examine, and they realized that there is actually room in these lip pouches for them to fit their fangs. So, uh, oh. how polite. <laughs> A polite like little teeth purse. Yeah. There's also, it's interesting. It seems like they also had these cute little bobtails. So they kind of looked like big bobcats instead of like Ooh. big toothy lions. Ooh. Could they be the missing links? <laughs> that's, I'm so sorry. No, I'm that's, so sorry. No, that's a good one. I, I kind of walked right into that. Just like a lot of these saber toothed tigers walked right into the La Brea tar pits. Oh, roasted. Boom. Oh, no. Those are so good. They make me want to smile, Ladon. Nice. Speaking of the Smilodon, uh, the Smilodon is a genus of saber toothed tigers where their teeth actually did stick out all goofy like. Like a jig, big old smile. I legitimately thought that the Smilodon was named that because of the way the teeth were. Yeah, like this big like old Smilodon. The largest saber tooth did have teeth truly so big that they couldn't fit them in their lip folds and they kind of stuck out like these big silly daggers. And this is where it gets really interesting because you look at this little bobtailed homotheriums and you look at the Smilodon and you think, okay, the Smilodon has these huge fangs, these huge, just like these big daggers. It's got to be taking down the bigger prey, the tougher prey, because it has this much more fearsome looking mouth. And the polite, smaller homotherium, they must have been a little more, you know, taking down smaller prey. A little more coy about it. Yeah, yeah. But in fact, the opposite is probably true. So... The Smilodon, despite having larger teeth and size, it didn't go after the toughest prey. It probably preferred to prey on things like deer or tapirs rather than chase down large bison. Uh, and it had a weaker bite force than modern cats. That makes sense, actually. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. And the technique it used was just using those big old things that it had uh, as daggers. And so, you know, it only needed so much bite force. Basically, you stab an animal yeah. in the neck with its dagger teeth and take it down. But it wouldn't be very good for taking down something really big and tough like a mammoth or a bison. Yeah, it's like getting stabbed one time versus 30 times. <laughs> 
with like the smaller teeth, it's going to be like, yeah, that's probably going to do a lot more damage in the in the long run. Well, so this is what brings us to the Homotherium, which didn't have those. It had larger fangs than like a modern day lion, but they weren't sticking out and they were smaller. They look, you know, they had that little bobbed tail, maybe they're a little cuter, but they would take down larger prey than the Smilodon, uh, such as young mammoths and mastodons and bison. And its jaws were perfect for grabbing, holding and tearing through tough flesh. So it could grab onto something, you know, those those big things did help it like get a hold on it and then it would tear big chunks off. So Yeah, yeah we've who's we've all been there. <laughs> when you sit down uh, with your mammoth, I always say, you know, chew your mammoth uh, or else you're going to choke on it. Yeah, chew your mammoth in massive chunks. Yeah. Yeah, it's called always. a mastodon cuz you got to masticate a lot cuz it is you See what you did tough. there? Sinewy. Yes. I like that. That was a very good. <laughs> this is a cave caveman dad humor, you know? It's it's dad humor has been around since we were cavemen. So I mean, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. That's why I go down to my man cave. <laughs> <laughs> so we have this clearer picture, right? So we have different kinds of saber tooth uh tigers. We had the Smilodon that was like sort of the archetypical saber tooth with its big teeth sticking yep. out, but it actually went after smaller prey than the ones that didn't have those teeth sticking out. Um, but there is another thing that seems like a saber tooth tiger, but is not at all a saber tooth tiger, and that is the Thylacosmilus. That is a honker of a name. Thylacosmilus was once thought to be a genus of big cat. Indeed, they looked like a saber-toothed tiger. They lived in South America and went extinct around 3 million years ago. Yikes. So it probably did not overlap with the Smilodon or the Homotherium. Uh, in fact, it wasn't even a cat, despite looking very cat-like. So it's thyla- a bird, which is crazy. <laughs> it was in fact a land fish, is what we call them. Which actually, oh. you know, when you think about it, aren't all mammals just land fish? Don't isn't don't- it like I? <laughs> I always think about the evolution of whales as being the weirdest form of yes. that uh, biological evolution because they were like wolves, basically. Yeah. So first they were these tiny like deer-like animals, the whales, yeah. and then they turned into like a weird alligator otter. Yeah. This like semi-aquatic, horrifying looking cross between a crocodile and an otter. And then it turned into sort of a weird, almost hippo-like thing. And then it started to turn into the whale. So it went from the sea to the land, back to the sea. Yeah, it's a crazy glow up with whales. <laughs> so, but Thylacosmilus was not a cat, despite seeming like a cat. It sadly never had a glow up either. It just remained funky until it went extinct. It had these large saber-like canines. And not only that, but a bone structure on their lower jaw that supported the canines, which looked like long, scabbard-shaped, curved double chin. So it looked like Jay Leno's chin. But take that cleft and probably have, like, basically just two chins coming out uh, that are... Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? (laughs) my, My two chins? That hold my big... Have you eaten this? My big saber teeth? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so basically these chin scabbards, they didn't completely sheathe the teeth. It partially protected them from damage, but it's thought that like one side probably did stick out. And it had a cat-like tail. It had claws. And it was about the size of a jaguar. Uh, but researchers realized this was not a cat at all, but actually a close relative to the marsupials. It was a sporacidont. Oh, okay. All right. See what we got going on here. Like this. <laughs> Science figure. I always love that. One of my favorite jokes is the the Jim Gaffigan seahorse joke. Mm-hmm. Where the scientists were always like, yeah, that's the female seahorse. He's like, it's having babies. And he's like, or that's the male. And he's like, it's having babies. Like, the male has the babies. Like, just making stuff up when they're like, yeah, that's a that's a fish now. That was, that was a fish. <laughs> yeah, I will admit it. It does seem like biologists are just kind of making things up as they go. But really, they're just discovering new things as they go. Yeah, there's rules. <laughs> there are rules. Although this this thing, the thylacosmilus, uh, it feels like it's made up. It's breaking every rule. I mean, Jeff, just, just look at a picture of it. I, I I also recommend everyone else look at a picture of it because you really just, you have to look at, at this thing's face and really question everything about life and existence. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm going to be 100% honest. I am a fan. <laughs> like, that's what I want out of my animals is I want them to look stupid. Yeah. Yeah, so it's got this like really long, like double chin that just like s- is supporting this long tooth. And we know it has this because it's like it's bone. It's made out of bone. So it survives in fossil evidence. <laughs> uh, and it has such a bizarre anatomy. And paleo illustrators have just gone wild with different interpretations of this. Like some look like basically a lion just with a huge pointy Jay Leno chin. Uh, some looks like kind of like a bonkers Tasmanian devil. Again, like all of these have the weird chin. I like the one of them that just looks like nuts. <laughs> it just looks like nuts. There's no way to get past it. If yeah. you Google it, you're going to come across some <laughs> pictures and you're going to be like, that is nuts. One has interpreted the chin as being a little like more separated, like the cleft being a little more wild. Like forked. Yeah, more forked. Or there's one that kind of looks like a nightmare otter with a long tongue. And there's some speculation like maybe this had a long tongue uh, for slurping organs. So uh, despite- They're just trying to like, they, they're just trying to be like, it It was a vampire. <laughs> like they're trying so hard to just be like- It, it was Morbius. It was like a, it was, a, it was, it was- It was Morbius. Let's, let's get real here. This is Morbius. Uh, so Morbius is not a cat. We know like that. So just so yeah. that people know Morbius, not a cat. No, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, Morbius was a failure. I think more quickly than these ridiculous things were a failure. Yeah. So but this thing is, is an evolutionary prank. It feels like it, doesn't it? So researchers, despite having these big things, you think like, okay, so maybe they have a similar, strategy to like the smilodon that like stabs things to death it was uh but they think no it didn't stab things it didn't grab and tear things it was potentially a scavenger who i mean first of all i forgot to mention it has a pouch 
So that's another thing. It just carries its babies in a pouch. Um, sure. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Why why not just like Frankenstein a, together then, some animal? Yeah, and then it had a pinwheel on its head, and it could like flick it and go, you know. Yeah, yeah, polka dots. <laughs> yeah, polka bright dot. yellow polka dots. Yeah, yeah, and and, and police sirens. Uh, and when you booped its nose, it played all stars. Uh, <laughs> somebody once told me my chin was gonna roll me. But yeah, so yeah, it's ridiculous. And they thought that maybe it used its huge fangs like surgical instruments to tear open carcasses and then scooped up organs and then used a long tongue to slurp the innards. That's one theory. I like how one of the theories is maybe it was lazy. <laughs> like maybe it didn't want to hunt. Maybe it just wanted to find food. Maybe it was a weird freak that cut up corpses and slurped out the organ juice. Yeah. Now they're just being like bullying teenage <laughs> girls. Maybe it's dad's weird. <laughs> I mean, on this in this specific scenario, I kind of am on the side of the bullying teenage girls because like, look at it. Come on. Uh, yeah, this animal should be bullied, yeah. <laughs> he is very different. <laughs> and that's the message of today. You should bully animals that are different from you. Yeah. So You're voting the... for that for prom queen? <laughs> <laughs> so other researchers speculate that the tongue was less of a slurping tool and more like a big cat's uh, the, of today where they have this papillae-covered tongue. So, you know, like... A uh, big cat, their tongue is like sandpaper. They can actually yeah. shave flesh off of bones. You know how your little kitty's, your little house cat's tongue is so scratchy? Uh, well, a big mm -hmm. lion's tongue is super scratchy and can literally rip flesh off of a bone by licking it. And so that's one speculation is that this may Classic. have had like a sandpaper tongue, like would, you know, like slice open a carcass with its big weird teeth and then just like lick yeah. the flesh off of bones. But it seems like all researchers agree, despite there being many different theories, the one thing they all agree on was this thing was a freak. It was weird. Very strange. Scientific analysis, friggin' weirdo. <laughs> and that's fine. I love when you see microscopic looks at, at what the papillae look like and you're like, oh, meat hair. Yeah. Meat so hair. tiny little meat hairs. Little, little meat, meat, meat hooks. Little yeah. So meat. when you're when your cat's licking you, that sandpapery feel, that's sharp meat hair. I mean, I feel. I wonder. I don't know the answer answer to this, but I wonder how long it would take for a cat to lick like the same spot on your skin before your skin starts coming off. Because I feel like maybe like hours, days, maybe. I feel like. I don't know. I feel like that would be like trying to be like, I wonder how long it would take for me to punch a rock until it broke. Mm. Like it might be one of those things where it's like, this is, this is not going to work. The yeah, way how many, it is. how many licks to get to the center of a, a meat, meat pop? You know, I don't know. Well, we, only one way to find out. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta die and have a cat. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, but uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we are going to talk a little bit more about our domesticated cats uh, and you know, if we should let them literally lick us to death, because maybe. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? 
because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So uh, I want to talk about our domesticated cats, our house cats, our wonderful kitties. They, I, I think they love us, but they're not going to look a gift horse in the mouth and not eat us if they die. You know what I mean? What's our last gift to our cats? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's like... I'm... Unless you leave like a massive amount of money in your will to your cat. <laughs> and this will go to Mrs. Muffins and, uh, you know, this whole investment portfolio and all my Bitcoins, all my apes go to my cat. <laughs> Dogecoin go to my dog, obviously. That's, yeah, that's that's obvious. That seems discriminatory that there's like Dogecoin, but there's no coin. I guarantee you there's cat coins. Yeah, that's probably right. You know, I, I should be arguing for fewer crypto coin, not more. Yeah. Um, Unless all crypto coin is, is just like a little like token that's you give to a cat and then the cat receives scratches for the token that I would endorse. Yeah, that's that would be great. That would be like a very fungible token for pets. So... <laughs> Cats, I think, are really interesting because we kind of think of them as being less personable than dogs. You know, they're they're not they're not as friendly. They're more independent. You know, the idea is like, oh, you know, maybe this cat is just using me for food uh, and it doesn't like form friendships. But there is some research that is digging into that question of like, are cats truly sort of like the solitary creature 
Uh, or, you know, can they have friends? I mean, I like to think I'm a friend of cats. <laughs> Is this a one-sided friendship, though? Are you always texting these cats? And they're like, ah, oh, sorry, can't yeah. do it tonight. Maybe later. Yeah, they're just like, sorry, just just read this. Just got this text. Yeah. And you know <sighs> that you saw it was seen, like, days ago. It's like, sorry, I yeah. missed this. You have your, your read receipts are on. <laughs> Sorry, meow, meow. Uh, yeah. I actually feel like Cat would just be like, no. Yeah. No, that is, I think that's more of a cat's vibe is just like, or leaving you on read actually is the cat's vibe. That's the ultimate cat move, yeah. just leaving you on read. Uh, but, you know, we're looking into whether whether cats would ghost you or if maybe they have just a small sliver of compassion in their kitty hearts. And they looked into whether cats actually form social bonds with other cats and they wanted to see like can a cat learn something like another cat's name and so they looked at uh they, they had to find cats that had like social connections so cats that lived with other cats but they wanted to compare cats that had these close bonds with other cats and cats that had more casual acquaintances with other cats and the way they did this is they compared groups of cats in cat cafes and house cats that lived in homes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. So in cat cafes, usually the setup is like you have a bunch of cats. But unlike a cat colony or multiple cats in a home, you know, like these cats, maybe, you know, uh, there are so many of them. They're less likely to form these interpersonal relationships. Their yeah. sort of interactions with each other is more limited. But Have you been? I have not been to a cat cafe. I kind of want to. I try but I tried to get in and they were like, oh, we are booked. Did you yeah. not make a reservation? And I was like, that's fair. And then I was like, I don't know if I want like a beverage in a place with that many cats, because that's the kind of like a cat cafe is the kind of place that like the the government should get involved to like <laughs> get these cats into a shelter. But then it just goes to the cat cafe. But the toxoplasmosis you probably get at the cat cafe just feeds their bottom line because toxoplasmosis gondii, at least in rats, has been shown to make rats attracted to cats. Uh, we don't know if that happens in humans, but if it does, then there you go. It's like, you know, you get, they should probably make the first taste of the cat cafe free then. So you get addicted to cats by huffing their toxoplasmosis gondii. Yeah, I mean, I probably have it because, well, I'm not like attracted to cats. I sure do like cats. <laughs> It's good you uh, sure made that decision. I, I sure do think that. I sure do think they're great. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the most important difference between the cat cafe and like house cats who live together with other cats is that in cat cafes, people don't really use the cats' names that much. They don't like call them by their names because it's like you're having a chance encounter with a cat at a cat cafe. You you like yeah. you know pet the cat, you interact with the cat, but they're not using their names constantly and consistently like the house cats. So they had this study set up where they would take these cats from these two different groups and show them basically like uh, an image of a cat and then have like an audio recording of a cat's name. And sometimes it would be like the name of one of their companion cats and then an image of that companion cat. So, you know, totally expected. Or it would be the name of a companion cat and then an image of a completely unrelated cat. 
And what they found is that for the cat cafe cats, they didn't really seem uh, to care that much. They didn't seem to mm-hmm. gaze more at the incongruous uh, uh, name versus picture. Whereas with the house cats, by a few seconds, they stared a little longer at the uh, images where it was like the name of one of their companions, but it was an, uh, a picture of a stranger cat. So the idea being that maybe these cats are going like, wait, what? That's not Frank. Yeah. Who? Excuse me. <laughs> uh, what's going on there? Yeah. And it is funny because Cat Cafe has more party vibes. Yes. Whereas cats in a home have more like in the home vibes, you know? Yeah, homey vibes. Yeah. But like, yeah, with a cat cafe, it's just like you're at a rave. It's, it's probably a cat rave because I'm sure they're passing around a lot of catnip. So, yeah. You know, yeah, honestly, a lot of catnip there, you got to yeah. talk to your cat about these these kind of party situations. Like, I'm not saying yeah. don't. And go how to... great they are. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like catnip responsibly. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, nip, 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 nip it in the bud. Catnip responsibly. <laughs> that would totally um, be an anti-drug uh, campaign for cats. Side question for you. Yeah. Favorite cat names that you've had for your cats? Go. Oh, I mean, I've only had two cats, and it was Mittens and Binky. Okay, those are good. That's Mittens is a solid cat name. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's hard for me to pick a favorite name because I loved them both, and so associate their names with them. What I did like was that the names inadvertently kind of suited their personality. So Mittens was this very posh, uh, very prim and proper cat. Binky was stupid and, um, you know, not... I love an idiot cat. Very dumb, very dumb, very like, almost like quasi-feral. It felt like their names were kind of meant to be Mittens. That's sort of a civilized name, whereas Binky... Had a frenetic energy, the name did. And yeah, if cat... Binky was cross-eyed, nobody would be surprised. <laughs> he wasn't, but he would sometimes poop in his litter box and get really scared, I think, of what was happening with the poop and then run out of the litter box, scattering poop everywhere. Oh, Binky. <laughs> Binky. Binky. Oh, he was a sweet. He was dumb, but very, very sweet. We had... My my ex and I rescued some cats, um, like not rescued from a thing, but like literally off the street. And uh, we had from cat a burning Jeff, building, uh, from a, an abandoned building. So close. <laughs> uh, we had Cat Jeff, and she was like the smart bully. Mm. And then we had Pants, and Pants was a Aww. sweet idiot. Yeah, and Pants didn't have a tail. Pants was tailless, uh, and it's, that's why her name was Pants. Yeah, Pants um, does sound and, like a sweet idiot name, doesn't it? Right. It's it would like the names hit so perfectly. She was very sweet. And then Cat Jeff was just this mean bully. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it was it was funny because we, we had, you know, when we broke up, I was like, you know, you can change the name of the cat. I know you probably don't want to like keep saying my name <laughs> in this situation. And she was like, her name is Cat Jeff. Yeah, that's not changing. And I was like, ah, OK, <laughs> that's a good name for a girl cat too, Cat Jeff. Cat Jeff. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a uh, rolls right off the tongue. Makes me think of that famous internet cat, uh, Jorts, uh, you know, Jorts and Gene. Oh, Jorts. Yeah, Gene and Jorts. Yeah. Gene and Jorts. Gene is the smart cat, and then Jorts is, you know, 
unsurprisingly, George. kind of the dumb one. Yeah. We love George. <laughs> we love George, though. He can't open doors. He's on Twitter. He can't really open doors, but he's, you know, pro-unionization. So there you go. Yeah, he's progressive. Yeah. He's progressive, a progressive cat. So before we go, I, uh, well, actually two things. One, I want to, there's a quick news story that I had to share with you. I need uh, it. A cougar accidentally went into a school and was safely rescued from having to learn English in Pescadero, California. So a juvenile mountain lion accidentally wandered into a high school, uh, went into a mostly empty campus, uh, went into an English classroom, and the <laughs> the custodian that was there like saw this like mountain lion like in the English classroom and was just like, okay, and closed the door. And <laughs> custodians are just so badass they're and so they are the, they're so like that needs to be a, a way higher. Yes. On the respect level piece of employment. It deserves so much more respect. I mean, they just even when you're not dealing with mountain lions, there's so much that comes with the responsibility of a custodian. You are literally behind the scenes making sure that school is running and functioning. Mm hmm. But yeah, so this, this, uh, they, they called, uh, you know, the animal control who came and rescued the cougar from having to learn any English. So I'd say that's a win. Good job, cougar. <laughs> uh, so the last, last, last thing before we go is our mystery animal sound game. Guess who's squawking? Every week I play a mystery animal sound and you, the listener, guess who is making that sound? So last week's hint was it's a bird from the book Around the World in 80 Birds by Mike Unwin, uh, who was my guest that week. And Mike kindly did a bird call and made me guess. So here's his bird call again. And then here is the bird's actual call. Sounds kind of like a like a car alarm, doesn't it? It I I it sounded like at first two people like someone smacking blocks of wood together. Mm. Um my favorite thing about hearing these calls is that everyone we hear is just something trying to have sex like that that is so funny to me that we're like check out this beautiful call and then you're like that it's trying to mate yep yep clearly pretty much and now uh... we're putting it out it would be like it would be like if aliens had videos of uh of like drunk people at bars yeah. trying to hook up yeah and they're like here's the call of the north american male you up you up you up you up yeah <laughs> Yeah, just 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 writing beautiful on Instagram uh, photos the whole way. Gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful, <laughs> queen, gorgeous. <laughs> yes. So uh, congratulations to Jared M, Ari L, and Robert S, who all correctly guessed that this is the purple crested Taraco. So this is an amazing bird. It is vibrant purple, green, and red. It's a frugivore. It eats fruits. Uh, and it is the national bird of Eswatini. Because it eats fruits, uh, it throws up the seeds, which helps spread the seeds for germination. So very important, beautiful bird. Oh, what a what a weird 
existence for a bird, and I appreciate it. Because I, I picture like a, a small bird swallowing like whole pears <laughs> and then just like immediately regretting it and having to vomit out the seeds. <laughs> this is just actually, like a whole cause and effect system. It's actually not that small of a bird. It's sort of a medium to large sized bird. It's like not, it, it's, like, it, I think it's, like it's nine feet tall. It's about chicken sized, I would say. <laughs> Maybe not nine feet tall. <laughs> um, so on to this week's mystery animal sound the hint is why the long face panda wait a minute you're not a panda so Jeff you got any guesses uh, yes is it a a uh, panda holding a balloon and pulling it and letting <laughs> the air out of the mouth. I, I do have a, I have a guess, but uh, is it, it, it sounds, is it a red panda or is that too easy? I mean, I, I can't answer that because. Oh, okay. Fair enough. You won't know until next Wednesday oh. when I answer this week's uh, guess who's squawking, which by that point will be last week's guess who's squawking. But you know, very, very good guess. Uh, valiant, valiant guess. You'll have to wait a whole week, just like everyone else. I definitely won't just tell you after we're done recording. Uh, but hey, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on today and for talking to me about about kitty cats and sometimes not kitty cats. I love but... it. <laughs> it. It honestly, like, here's the thing: is I love animals. Uh, I adore Katie Golden. Uh, anytime <laughs> I can uh, mix those two things together is a great experience, and I'm glad I got to. Th- I haven't seen you since you you moved. I um, so so and this is like a technically I'm seeing you. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope it's good. And I hope there are so many wonderful Italian animals that you are are getting acclimated to. There are common swifts right now, which are these wonderful birds who scream constantly. So, yes. <laughs> I love that. And they're like, hey. Pretty no, much. I don't know. Pretty much. They're the Fonzie. They're Fonzie <laughs> birds. No, it, it was a blast coming on. I really do love it. And, uh, you know, podcasting is is fun it is fun we talk because <laughs> we talk about stuff and then you guys listen and we just like sit in your ears and we whisper secrets to you and that's how it works so many secrets so, so many secrets sometimes about batman sometimes. sometimes about birds yeah well just speaking of batman where can people find you uh well uh if you want to find me on instagram and twitter i'm at hey there jeffro uh if you uh want to listen to some of my stuff I, got, I do, of course, Tom and Jeff watch Batman on the Gamefully Unemployed Network with, uh, you know, Tom Ryman, who I'm, I'm sure you're all very familiar with. You can check me out on Unpopular Opinion and You Don't Even Like Sports, both on the Unpops Network with Adam Todd Brown. Uh, you Don't Even Like Sports is a sports podcast for people that hate sports, um, which is my entire fan base. <laughs> and uh, it's very nerdy. And then I have my own show called uh, Jeff Has Cool Friends. Uh, which is a long-form interview podcast, and you can just Google that, or if you want to go to patreon.com slash jeffmay for early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content, head on over there. Um, I got a lot of cool stuff coming, and um, if you want to, I was on a Netflix game show, and that was pretty neat. That's cool. Uh, so if you you want to see uh, me on bullshit on Netflix, uh, they edited it to make it look like I didn't win, but I actually So that's pretty fun. Those fiends. I knew it. I knew it the whole time. Well, you can. It's fun. It's fun. (laughs) 
Well, if you think you know uh, the answer to this week's Guess Who Squawking or you just want to reach out and ask some questions, you can email me at CreatureFeaturePod at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at CreatureFeetPod. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. Uh, and hey, thank you to thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying the pod and you leave a rating, I really, really appreciate that. And if you leave a review, I will read it. And again, I will really appreciate them. I, I print them all out and then just like sort of create a human being out of them, like a paper mache person, yeah. and then hug it. That's what I sharing, do. Sharing and reviewing is so important, folks. Please, it's, please do that. It is very important for the algorithm and also for the paper mache man I'm building. Like I yeah. said, making yeah. a paper mache man out of the reviews that I'm printing out so I can hug him, but he's missing a whole arm. So, you know... If love you, that. Yeah, so if you want to be part of the paper mache man I'm building out of reviews, do leave a review, and I will read it and love it. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And hey, thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina. Creature features the production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Not your mom. Not going to tell you what to do. Whatever you want. Look, go wild. Go nuts. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.